I'm a professional athlete. I've been climbing and competing around the world for a long time. I've climbed some of the biggest routes in the world. Heck, I've gone to the Olympics and I've walked the Great Wall of China. I'm training all the time. I'm always searching for new ways to reach my absolute. I'm a family man. I have a wife, kids, dogs, and I own a business. For so long, I had this dream of opening a climbing gym and I finally did it. Through all my experiences, <laughs> there's so many stories. And this is where it starts. I've been playing soccer my whole life. You know, my dad played at a high level. And so, you know, when I was born, it was like, out of the womb, here's the ball, this is what you're doing. So for many years, I played soccer. Um, I actually took some time off from soccer. Um, but uh, when I moved to BC, I got into this league. It's typical, you know, men's beer league, but it was awesome. Uh, I think I played in that league for, you know, 10 or 12 years, actually. And uh, the guys I played with, st still friends with most of them to this very day. It was an incredible bond between all of us. Um, you know, there's this one year that really stands out to me. You know, our team was good. And uh, together we played so long that the chemistry w was on point for every season, which was cool. Um, but the, the weird thing is, is that every year our team would make it to the finals against this team from a different town um, just north of us. And we would always lose to them. It, was, it drove us crazy, you know. Um, but we kept meeting them every year. It was the same thing over and over. Finals, we lose. You know, it was, uh, it got... It got pretty depressing um, <laughs> to keep losing to the same team, but you know, we, we managed to keep meeting them. And so one year, um, we, you know, again, same team, felt strong, felt good. We go to the finals. And uh, we went into the finals a bit of, with a handicap because um, our goalkeeper had gotten hurt. You know, he had a concussion from challenging the ball with one of the players. And uh, so our main goal scorer, our striker, you know, he'd played some goaltending uh, back in college, so he said, we'll all go. We need somebody good in net, you know. So we changed things around a little bit. And, uh, and you know, in the first half, he gets hurt. And so we're all looking at each other, like, who's going to go in net? And I was like, oh, crap. Like, I used to play net back in high school. Like, I could probably go in there. And so they're like, right, Gordon, you're in net. And so I said, listen, I'll do this on one condition that we don't go to shootouts. So we're in net, I'm in net at 0-0. I think it was the first two minutes of me being in net, they score and it was a bad goal. And I'm like, my gosh, like, is this how it's gonna be in the finals? I'm gonna be in net, I'm gonna let these goals in, we're gonna lose. So of course that like fear, anxiety, doubt, like is just starting to overwhelm me because not only are we on the brink of gonna be losing again, but it's going to be my fault. My team's going to be looking at me and it's going, to, it's going to suck, right? Well, wouldn't you know it, it was like 20 seconds later, our team scores a goal. And we think, oh, well, there's hope yet. So we finished out the first half, 1-1. And I'm feeling okay. My, my teammates are giving me some pointers on like how to better guard the net, and that's cool. Second half score starts. Right away, we score. It's like, crap, we're up two to one now. Like, we're all starting to get really excited. You know, that fear and anxiety and doubt is starting to re be replaced by like, excitement and, and like courage and confidence. And I keep thinking in the back of my head, as long as they don't score, 
we win, we stay away from shootouts. Now, shootouts is such a hard way to finish a game because it's one shooter against the goalie. And, you know, like the chances of the goalie saving the ball is like 10%. You're guessing every time. It's a big net. The guy is really close towards you. The shooter, like it's, it's low percentage of you saving the ball. So the game goes on. Well, wouldn't you know it, four minutes left of the game, they score a goal. And it was a good goal. I tried. I, I, I missed the ball. Now it's two each. There's literally four minutes to go yet. And I'm looking over the sidelines because my good friend, he was in net. And I'm like, you better come on. Now, there's a rule in soccer that in the last minute, you can't exchange anybody on or off the field. Whoever is left on the field, if it goes to a shootout, those are your shooters. You can't swap in and out. So as the time is going on, I'm looking over the sideline thinking like, somebody better come in the net here because I don't want to be in here for shootouts. And of course, one minute left, we're like, it's going to shootouts. And I'm thinking, I told my team, for the love of Pete, I will go in net as long as we don't go to shootouts. So each team chooses their shooters. It's five shooters each. We take our best shooters, they take their best shooters. I'm in net first. It goes back and forth. So I walk towards the net. My whole team is on the sideline. The five shooters are out in front of me here. Their first shooter lines up at the dot. And like this overwhelming sense of fear is just like bombarding me. Like the chances of me choosing left or right, it's 50-50. Right, so, so whether I save the ball or not, I don't know. So it's my best guess, basically. So I walk to the goaltender's line between the posts, check my posts, make sure my distance is good. And I think, you know what? I'm going for it. I'm, I'm choosing left. So their shooter takes a few steps back, winds up, and just unleashes a howitzer at me. He shoots left. I dove left, saved the ball. Couldn't believe it. My team is like, they're like freaking out, right? It's such a big deal when the goaltender saves a ball in a shootout because it's usually low percentage. I couldn't even watch my team shoot. So as it was the other goaltender's turn to step between the posts, I would go off to the sideline and I would turn around. I couldn't watch. I would just like put my head down and just like, you know, hold on for dear life. Our team shoots. All I hear is my team screaming their brains out. Couldn't believe it. One nothing. So it's my turn again. So I walk between the posts and like my heart is thumping, like just thumping. The anxiety is like just running through me rampantly. And I'm like, my gosh, I have to choose again. 50-50, what's it going to be? Screw it. I'm going left again. Their shooter lines up, shoots left. I save left. Like, this point, we're all screaming our brains out. I've lost my voice. We're up two saves, which in soccer, already that's more than usual, right? So I walk out to the sideline. Their, their goaltender steps in the posts. Our shooter goes up. I can't watch again. I'm sick to my stomach. We shoot. Scores. Two nothing. So I step between the posts. Doubt. The doubt is like, creeping in now. What if I let the ball in? What if I screw up? What if they score two in a row, tie it up two each? I'm thinking, I'm going right this time. They shoot left, ball goes in, 2-1.
our team, our fourth or our third shooter lines up to the dot, shoots the ball, we score again. I couldn't believe it. Like, it's almost like I felt like throwing up in joy. You know, we're up three to one now. Like, there's two more shots from us, three more from them. Like, things are starting to look really good. But that crazy sense of like failure is just like weighing me down. It's killing me because how, how good would it be to finish and win the championship in a shootout? You know, Cinderella story. But those they don't happen very often, you know? So the chances of that happening now, I'm starting to lose confidence in our shooters, my, myself. I'm starting to freak out because their best players are coming up now to shoot. I'm going left. I saved two left. I lost on the right. I'm going left again. Saved the ball. Couldn't believe it. Three saves now. We're up 3-1. We've got three saves. They've got two shots left. They've got to score now. They've got to get two more goals to tie us. We come up with a dot. If we score here, we win the whole thing. So one of our top players walks up the dot, places the ball perfectly, looks at the net. Like, everything he's got, put it over the net. He missed the net completely. Crap. I could hear their team screaming in joy. I wasn't looking again because I couldn't. It makes me sick to my stomach. So now we're up 3-1. They have two shots left. They could tie it. If they tie it, we keep going until it's the best of two. No, it's sudden death. It was sudden death, sorry. So their player lines up. I think I'm going right. It's got to be right. So I dive right. The ball skips off my hand into the net. 3-2 now. Like, this is starting to get too intense for me. I didn't want this at all from the beginning. I told my team, I don't want this. And here we are, 3-2, in the championship game, in a shootout. Like, it couldn't be more electric and sickening. Their fifth shooter lines up at the dot. If I save this, we win. It would be incredible. It would be like a lifetime achievement for myself, for our team. Like, it's just a beer league in a small mountain town in the middle of Canada. But that doesn't matter. For us, it was like the World Cup. We had lost so many years in a row to this team that the idea of losing again, it would just be so disheartening. But that idea right now of like, I guess not really ashamed, but just like, if I let this ball in, it keeps going. If we lose because I miss the ball or choose wrong, that weight, yeah, I guess I would sort of feel, you know, a little bit of ashamed for letting my team down. Because, and that's the sort of sucky thing about shootouts is that it's all on the goalie and the shooter. It's not a team effort anymore. Now, our, both teams played incredibly the mid, for the whole game, but now it's an individual sport. And that, there's so much weight on either the goalie or the shooters. It's incredible. So their fifth shooter lines up to the dot. And like, it's like the world has slowed down. Now, I've always struggled with finishing. My goodness, like finishing has been such a hard thing. I'm a great starter. I'm a great in-betweener. But finishing, oh, it, I have worked on that for years. I worked the phenomenal sports psychologist out of um, California. And, you know, for four years, we worked on how to finish. And a cool story, quick tidbit, 
2014, we got to go to the Olympics to um, demonstrate ice climbing in front of the world. It was incredible. But that particular competitive season, I was going to be gone for two months. I remember being at the Olympics. The first week was incredible. It was, just, it was so amazing, like surreal experience. The second week I was there, I was like looking at Expedia, uh, the, the online booking flight um, program, just looking for flights to go home. I, I just needed a reason to go home. I'd been gone for a month already. I still had a month to go after the Olympics. I was in Russia for, I think, three or four weeks out of the two months. I was just, I was spent. I was worn out. And I remember calling my sports psychologist on Skype. It was like two in the morning his time. And I was like, Adam, I'm going home. He's like, you can't go home. He's like, you worked too hard for this. And we worked too long on this. You have the skill sets. You've got all the tools in the toolbox on how to finish. You've got to finish. The idea of you walking up your front lawn after finishing an incredibly long and successful season, that success in and of itself of finishing is going to be one of your greatest accomplishments. But if you give up, you'll always know you didn't finish the biggest year of your life. That fifth shooter in the soccer match was staring at me and it gave me a little wink, like a cheeky wink, like, and I thought, man, like, how could you do that to me right now? Like, my confidence level is already in the toilet. And you just winked at me with the utmost of confidence. Your absolute was there. I could see it in your eyes. So I had a choice to make. One, I show up. Or two, I don't try. And so in that moment, I thought, I'm going left. And I'm going to go left with everything in me. I'm going to dive as far as I can and please just let me save the ball. So I line up the line. I put my head down. I think we're going left. We're going left. We're going left. He takes three steps back, the shooter. And I see him. And he made this weird little like glimpse to the right. And I thought, cheeky bugger, you just gave up where you're shooting. So he starts running at the ball, just like everything into it. You could tell his entire like 100% power went into that shot. There was a split second mid-air where everything just went dark. And then I felt the ball hit my hand. I dove right. I saved the ball. And we won the championships. It was the most surreal experience I have ever encountered. Like we were screaming, the whole team rushed the field, lifting me up. It was one of those storybook movie endings that you just long to be part of. And that moment of absolute, that moment of me just um, surrendering all the doubt, all the anxiety, all the fear, all the shame that I was going to think to feel, giving it all away and embracing my absolute effort. Yeah, there was some luck. Maybe the luck was in the way or the, the, the side that I dove to, to the right, but the absolute came in the confidence of how stretched out my body was, how tight my hand was when the ball hit it. Because often those balls are shot so hard, it can just blow off the end of your fingertips. But every part of me was at its absolute. And that ball hit my hand and it was not going over that line. That night, we drank champagne. We, yeah, we partied. Like that team came together and we were one unit and it was the most 
phenomenal time in, in my soccer sort of history. And, uh, you know, I still have the, the newspaper clipping from that. And I'll always remember just the moments of my absolute. Since the very beginning, I've always struggled with my fears, the anxiety, you know, self-doubt. Um, I, I've embraced a lot of hurt um, I've given and I've received. You know, some of it I'm ashamed for. We often take on a lot of weight. And, you know, when I'm coaching our youth team, I'll try to explain them or explain to them that they can't climb with a fuzzy head. And, and the example that I give to them is I'll, I'll crawl onto their back and I'll say, okay, I want you to do 10 jumping jacks now. Okay, and these are young teenagers, so the idea of 170 pounds on their back is a lot of weight for them. And they obviously can't do it. And I said, that, that's what it's like mentally to try and perform, to try and um, carry out any sort of task, whatever, with, with, with a heavy mind. You know, one of my favorite movies is The Last Samurai with Tom Cruise. Old Tommy, he always punches out the good movies. And there's, there's an amazing scene in that movie where he's learning to, to fight with, as a swordsman. And he keeps getting beaten by these samurai. And, and the one samurai comes over to him and says, listen, too many mind, too many think, too many see, too many, too many, too many mind. And what he meant by that is he was thinking too much about all the details. He had too much weight in his back, in his head, to try and focus on the task at hand. And so I'm often teaching my youth team that in order to perform at a high level, your mind needs to be at its absolute. It needs to be clear. Carrying such a weight in my head, on my shoulders, has always been my disadvantage. I've always worried about what others would think. I'd always worry about the hope of performing. I would always worry about the hope of, you know, um, finding my absolute in the moment. Like, but often I would, I would lose hope so easily. You know, even as a child, um, you know, Superman was always my favorite comic character. I remember at five years old, I had the Superman pajamas with the cape. They were incredible. I wore them until I was like way too big for them. Um, but since that young age, I've always carried Superman as a symbol. Yeah, he's a comic character, but that symbol on his chest, the S, it means hope. And yeah, it's kind of hokey, but you know, that symbol or, or Superman and the character and what he stood for, I've always tried to resonate with that. You know, as, as a young age, at a young age with the pajamas on, even until I've grown up now, I always think, just put your cape on. You know, when Clark Kent became Superman, all of a sudden he was a symbol of hope. The cape, the symbol, etc. I don't wear the symbol on my chest, obviously. I don't have a cape. Although a good friend of mine <laughs> always threatened to send me a cape for Christmas. Um, but the idea of putting your cape on was always symbolic mentally for me to find that hope. And for me, like in my absolute, there needs to be hope for dot, dot, dot. Whether it be in, in my climbing gym here or performing as an athlete or raising my kids, you know, all of these things, for me to do them well, I have to resonate with hope and my absolute. Over the past few years, I've tried to understand more so what my absolute means or, or 
how I would personally define that. And I guess stepping back a second before I explain what I mean, I've sort of partnered with the idea of, and through learnings uh, with a book that I always read called The Way of the Champion, it's, uh, it explains a lot about we are what we put in ourselves, right? So our self-talk, how we talk about ourselves, whether it be daily, in performance, whatever, we become that, right? So the example is, they say, you know, like, quack like a duck, you laugh once. Quack like a duck, you laugh twice. Quack like a duck the third time, you start to think, huh, I like ducks. Quack like a duck the fourth time, you start picking feathers out of your arms and quacking all the time, right? So the idea behind that was that if you say it to yourself enough, you're going to end up convincing yourself of such things. Now on the flip side, the book also talks a lot about how if we convince ourselves that we are capable to do something, whether we can actually do it or not is beside the point. But the point is, is that we give ourselves the confidence to try at our absolute. So going back to how I guess I would define my absolute or how I look at that, it's what I put in myself with self-talk. So going back to the soccer story, you know, in between shots, I would have all the self-doubt, the fear, the anxiety. You know, I would cripple myself with silly like words of you can't or you're not capable or you suck or whatever. And then skipping forward to as a professional athlete now, you know, climbing and performing, whether it be in the mountains or in competition, if we have that self-doubt, that, that negative self-talk in ourselves, man, the weight that we carry takes such a toll on our ability to perform at our absolute that we're likely only going to perform at like 60%. So we've just wasted 40% of our effort trying to carry the weight of crap that doesn't exist. We need to exercise unrelenting discipline over the thoughts that we allow to stay in our head. Okay, sometimes we've got negative thoughts come in. Yeah, for sure, in one side. Often we hold them right here. And that's the problem, we hold on to them. So the key is that when they come in, oh man, I suck. Let it out. Okay, regroup. You know, and it's easier said than done. But those internal thoughts, we have the ability to let them go in one ear and out the other. We have the strength mentally to force them out. It's a choice that we have to work on all the time, that we have to harness the energy to, to understand how to open the other side so that those negative things can just keep on going. You see, when we reach our absolute, we find ourselves in moments of... Um, total perfection. Whether it be writing a test, in a competition, during training, giving a speech, it could be anything. But when our minds are clear, like in the movie, The Last Samurai, No Mind, we start to dance. Now, I talked about that in my last podcast. Flow state is... is, is Moments of perfection when your mind and your, and your physical body are in sync with each other perfectly. Often, we can't understand flow state in that 
we have no idea where we are. It's, it's like we're outside of ourselves and watching total perfection. Now, our absolute is like flow state. We can channel that. We can get into that. We can be our absolute a lot easier than channeling flow state. Flow state, it still hasn't really scientifically been explained to how we can enter in and out of flow state. But reaching our absolute can start with, or start, can start as easily as the words we put in our mouths. I can do this. I'm capable. That seems impossible. But I know I have what it takes to give it my everything to at least try and reach for that impossible. In my first episode, it was like 45 minutes of like chaos. It's been an insane life from the very beginning of my Superman pajamas to right now sitting in my climbing gym. Ups and downs, I can't even begin to start explaining that roller coaster. Over the years, I experienced a lot of things, you know, good or bad, that have shaped me. I learned, I guess, because of, you know, being in such a survival mode for so long, that if I wanted to accomplish certain things, it was going to take effort. I couldn't just have them. I couldn't just expect someone to give them to me. It had to be me. When I would watch people like Andre Agassi, one of the most decorated tennis players in the history of the sport, when I watched him play, I wanted to be like that. When I watched guys like Will Gadd uh, climb and compete at such a high level, he was a mentor of mine, I use him as an example, I wanted to be like that. You know, I'm super into F1 racing right now. I've even got the video game. It's hilarious. My daughter bought an Xbox. I've taken it over. <laughs> it's, it's quite funny. I look at those performance drivers. The idea of driving 300 plus kilometers an hour around a racetrack is bonkers to me. Like, it's, it's so fast. They're performing at such a high level that even the slightest mistake all bad. I can understand what it takes for them to be what they are in those cars. They're at their absolute. They have to be. I would imagine when they find themselves in that perfect lap, they experience flow state too. And if you ask them to explain it to you, I would bet that they would say, I can't really explain it, but I just know that it felt perfect. That's flow state. Their absolute is the idea of channeling that perfect line around the racetrack over and over and over and over without missing a beat. Now the cool thing about your absolute is that even in those drivers, if they mess up a lap or take a corner too wide, they understand that they have to be better. And so they raise the bar. It's motivation. It's adrenaline. It's excitement. And, and that's one of the things that from a very young age I've always struggled with is that I can be in my absolute, I can be crushing something, whether it be a route or a comp or in my office with ideas for the business or, or whatever, and the slightest thing can derail me. And all of a sudden I've lost my absolute. All of a sudden I feel 
those five giants that I talked about in the soccer match, fear, anxiety, doubt, hurt, shame, those things, I don't know if they're ever going to go away. But over the years, I've learned how to allow them in and have the, the mental strength to push them out. And so to be your absolute, you might ebb and flow up and down, but the cool thing about it is that you can always get back to it. You have, we have the ability to always go back to your absolute. It takes energy, it takes time, it takes failure, it takes again, again, again. This race car game that I've been playing with, got a steering wheel thing for my birthday, so cool. I crash probably 50 laps out of 53. But in those three, I felt my absolute. I paid attention to all the details. You know, like I slowed my mind down, got all the crap out. Now we all have crap in our lives every day. I'm no different. We all have different levels of crap, but we all have it. And we all endure it in different ways. And so in those times where we're required to be our absolute, like I said, whether it be at the gym or whether it be with family or with travel or whatever, we can put it aside. We don't have to let go of it. And it's not even really ignoring it. It's just taking what's in your mind that doesn't need to be there at that time and putting it aside and focusing on the moment, being present in the moment. So being your absolute, we talked about what we talk into ourselves. Also being your absolute is being present in the moment. That soccer match, that last shot, it was like everything slowed down so perfectly because my mind was so clear that I could see every detail no matter how fast things were moving. I was present. I let go of all the doubt, all the anxiety, all the fear, all the crap, all my history, all the failures, put it all aside. I could see it over there, but it didn't need to be in my mind at that time. There's been so many times in competitions where, you know, like, I would have mental struggles for various reasons, being away from home for so long, uh, you know, like traveling different countries, different food, other athletes that were, you know, aggressive in the moment or, or whatever. And like I said about being derailed, I was so easily put off my game. But as I learned more and more about what it would take for me to be in my absolute, I had tools that I could utilize to practice with that I could always rely on, you know? Again, how I talked about myself, how I talked about, you know, we climb routes for competitions. Instead of when we would go out and preview the route at a comp before we climbed it, often you hear athletes say, oh, that looks really hard. Oh man, that move is so big. Oh crap, there's a jump in it. I hate jumps, by the way. There's a big crazy jump in it. I learned that if I changed that mindset about how I would talk about myself, the root, there was a difference in my attitude. There was a difference in my step. People could see it. People could, they, they could feel it. For so many years, I was so nervous about competing. I never found my absolute. There was a couple times where it was close. Um, up until, I think it was two years ago, um, after I retired, the first comp I went back to, I remember a friend, fellow competitor, he's like, dude, like, I've never seen you climb like that before. You were confident. You seemed 
clear-headed. You moved perfectly. Yeah, because I learned how to be my absolute. Now, you got to want it as well. And that's part of it, right? So it's how we talk about ourselves. It's being present, but it's also wanting it, you know? We have to want to be our absolute. I'm not saying that we have to be our absolute the whole day. Like, that's hard. It's exhausting. We pick and choose our moments, right? We, we go between and rest as we're going between. My days are chaos from 8 a.m. until 8 p.m. nonstop for the most part. And they're exhausting. But every day I'm encouraged about the idea of being my absolute with snippets of things. You know, I'm going to come up short all the time. But like I said, that's the cool thing about being your absolute is that you can always get back to it. It never ends, right? It's always there waiting for you to take hold of. I love talking about champions. Now, of course, there's many icons in the sport that have done the unthinkable over and over. And they've won world titles. And that's cool. I mean, I always aspire to that. And I'm always motivated by the level of athleticism. But what I've learned along my path is that being a true champion isn't holding a trophy or top of the podium. Being a true champion is that like understanding of, firstly, the sky is the limit. Now that's for you, right? That's where you're at. To see that the sky is the limit. To see that the impossible is in fact within reach. Again, that can be applied to anything. It doesn't have to be sport. It doesn't have to be as a business owner. It doesn't have to be, it, it can be anything. We apply that mindset to anything and everything. Champions need to know that they have to demonstrate that never-ending devotion and commitment to what they desire. And that's such powerful words. Devotion, commitment, desire. Those are all positives. Right? We talked about the idea of what we speak into ourselves. If I'm like, I can't be bothered. I don't really feel like it. That takes away the devotion or the desire or the commitment. If I want to be my best, my absolute, I want to be the best. We all do. And I keep aspiring to that. But I'm only going to get there more so towards my best if I keep that unrelenting commitment, that desire that goes so deep that no matter what, you're capable still. It's been a tough life. Now, I'm no different and I'm not special. We all have things that we've gone through in life that have been crippling. Just recently, my brother died. My friend died. I hurt my back really bad. I had to be carried out of my gym. It was, it was embarrassing in that I'm pretty fit, typically. Could always be fitter. But I felt embarrassed. I felt ashamed that I had to be carried out. Now, how I got hurt, I thought, well, the weight wasn't heavy, so what's the deal? When I spoke with one of my doctor friends, they're like, dude, like the amount of grief that you're dealing with, 
the anxiety and stress of what COVID has done to this world or to me personally. Like, no wonder your body gave up. It was saying to you, we need to rest for a little bit. And even in that, I was able to find my absolute. Because mentally, oh man, it was crippling. It was awful. Awful. It still is awful. And everything that I've learned about mental toughness and, and ebbing and flowing towards being my absolute, I had to put into practice. Laying in bed for five days, hurt, not being able to walk. You talk about choices. I could lay there and feel sorry for myself. I could lay there and let the grief overtake me. Now, it's okay to grieve. Don't get me wrong. And I still grieve. And I grieve for those around those losses. But even in grieving, we can still find our absolute. Laying in bed, not being able to go to the bathroom. Like, it, it was ridiculous, right? Thank goodness all the snacks and treats people brought me. It was amazing. Put that aside. I had to find that inner absolute that, okay, I'm down, but I can get back up. You know, I love the Rocky movies. Sylvester Stallone, talk about motivating movies. He always talked about, it's not about how many times you get punched and knocked down. It's about how many times you can get back up. And that takes your absolute to get back up. Whether it be through injury or failure or hurt, you've got to get back up. And having that mental fortitude to get back up, that deep desire, that commitment, demonstrating that never-ending devotion to what you want, you have to harness that to reach your absolute. And then through your absolute, I hope that you experience that flow state because my goodness, when you start to dance, it is surreal. So much of my um, climbing career, being a professional athlete, is based around competing. And as athletes, we're always learning about mental toughness, about always performing at your best, you know, at your absolute. Um, and, and it's one of the hardest things to understand. You know, you look at a guy like Tom Brady, he's the quarterback in the NFL for a long time for the New England Patriots. He's 42 or 43 years old now and still going, and still the most decorated quarterback in the history of football. He has demonstrated that deep desire, that never-ending commitment to be his absolute. And he works on it time and time again. And I'm gonna read something to you. And it's one of the coolest things. Commitment is the major ingredient that separates those who break on through to the other side and experience personal greatness from those who don't. Now we're talking about performance in sports right now. And for me, I always want to be better. I always want to try harder. That's why I'm still going. I'm 41 years old now and, I'm, and I still have this deep desire to compete. And I know that to be my absolute, to be my champion as we defined it, not the podium, not the trophy, but a champion is, 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 is created by inner success, right? In my last podcast, I talked about in 2014 as a World Cup where in the finals, 
it was, it was the most electric thing I've experienced in climbing. In the finals, there was nine of us. And I think I went eighth. And I fell just after the crux. But in the crux, I kept trying, kept trying, kept trying. I couldn't do it, couldn't do it, couldn't do it. Finally, I pulled the crux off with my ice axes. And I remember hearing my coach just screaming because I got through it. Sure enough, next moment I fell. The competitors after that, they would fall before me. They would fall before me. And I was like, holy crap, I went from ninth to eighth to seventh to sixth. And I'm freaking out right now because not only had I never made the finals before, but to be getting closer and closer to the podium, I couldn't believe it. We're all freaking out watching this. Fifth climber goes, falls. Fourth climber goes, falls. Now the next three climbers, they went past me. So that put me in fourth place. To me, it's like I'd won the World Cup. It, it, it was electrifying. It, it was such an amazing experience to know that I climbed at my absolute, to know that I gave my fullest commitment, that my desire to reach my absolute had been laid on the line. I had the courage to give everything, to risk, take risks. My problem for so many years was that I've always been worried to take the risk. What would it look like if I failed in taking that risk? What would people think about me if I came up short in that risk? It's probably one of the biggest things that have held me back my whole life is the desire to take the risk, knowing that I am capable, but then the fear of failure in that risk. I could, I could sense that my absolute was waiting for me. But right beside it was the idea of failure that would cloud the desire, that would add weight to my shoulders, taking away my ability to go for the impossible. Being your absolute, how do we talk to ourselves? So many moments, I can't do it. It's too big. I can't do it. It's too hard. I can't do it. What if they laugh at me? I can't do it. What if I fall on my face? Flipping the switch. In those moments, letting the crap out. That was a weird pause. Crap in, crap out. My old boss told me, garbage in, garbage out. You put garbage in, you're going to get garbage out of it. But if you let the garbage out, a world of difference. Everything changes. The sense of freedom, that innate ability to feel unstoppable, the amount of courage you have, yeah, put on your cape and start flying. Because the hope you'll gain in the impossible is never-ending. The impossible becomes the inevitable. As Christopher Reeves, the original Superman, would say. All of this is so big. Taking risks, being your absolute, finding the inner champion, letting the garbage out, finishing. My biggest drawback, I was taught, start with the small things. For me, things like make the bed in the morning drink a glass of water in the morning. Start with the small things. Finish that. Make the bed great. One thing finished. 
Finish the small things, you'll learn that you're capable of finishing the big things. But jumping into the big things right off the hop usually doesn't work. We don't have the tools yet. We don't have the confidence yet. Your absolute's waiting for you, but you have no idea how to get there yet because you, you've taken on too much. The weight's too big. Get good at the small things. Learn the corners of the game. You know, the F1 game, the car racing game. Every corner I have to learn. I'm going to crash 45 times in a row learning each corner. So that 46th time, I know every corner perfectly. Right? Get good at the small things first, then take on the whole track. Yeah, you might crash along the way, but get back up again. Like Rocky says, it's not about how many times we get hit and knocked down. It's about how we can keep getting back up. One of the coolest routes I've ever done was in a massive cave, kind of close to home, nestled in the, some of the most beautiful mountains in our area. It took me, I think, two and a half years to build the route, put up all the protection, the quick draws, the chains, clean the route. This cave was a choss pile. Choss is loose, bad rock, falls. In this cave, if you sneezed, rock would fall. It took a lot of time, a lot of effort the more, most ever I've put into anything ever before. Once the route was finished, I started trying it. Oh, I sucked. Like, the route was 80 plus meters long, and I would make it 10 before falling. It's like, oh crap, I can make it 10 meters. Great. There's 70 meters to go, all at this angle. How can I possibly expect to climb over 80 meters when I'm falling at 10? So over the years, I kept dabbling in the route. I was too afraid of it. I was too afraid of failing. I mean, even to the point where a film crew came and said, well, they, they spent time with me filming me on the route. And even at that point, a couple of years later, I was still only making it halfway, 40 meters. I still had 40 meters to go and kept falling. And the film crew said to me, and I quote, maybe we should consider this a failed project. And I was like, oh, maybe you're right. Maybe it is a failed project. Maybe I should just give up. And then there comes the self-talk. Maybe I'm not strong enough. Maybe I should just leave it for somebody stronger. And I had all been given up. Now, there was a lot of politics behind this route, which is unfortunate. Most of it I brought on myself. Some of it was just unfortunate. Recently, a friend of mine passed away. He decided that he was done. We make choices, we accept them. I'll forever remember his excitement and joy and stoke. One day in the gym, he was here training. And I told him, I was like, ah oh, man, I think I'm gonna give up on the project. He's like, dude, why? I was like, I, I'm making it halfway. Like, I just, I, I'm not strong enough for it. I'm not good enough for it. And he looked at me in the eyes and he said, you have to go and do it. You have to commit to it 100% and then you'll find the way. And just the way he said it to me got me so fired up that from that day forward and for the next two months, I was up there, my gosh, like three times a week. And I think it was like maybe the third or fourth time going back up there after I talked with him. There's a spot in the river that I kept falling on. And that time I made it two moves past that spot. And I thought, holy crap, for two years I was stuck at this one spot. 
And I just blew past it. And that gave me that deep level of confidence that I've been searching for, that maybe I knew was there the whole time, that absolute, but I didn't know how to get there. And from that moment on, I knew that I had what it took. I knew that the naysayers, that they were wrong. There's always going to be people that say you can't do it. And I'll tell you right now, whether you can or can't, use that as energy in your favor. Use that to reach your absolute. That's the push that you need. The idea of you can't, well, it can't. But you can. And you've got to find that desire to believe that. A month later, we went to the cave and there's a few people with us. And I did the rune. I couldn't believe it. There's a video that was made of the whole thing, but there was a snippet of video. A friend of mine a couple of days before had called me and said, hey man, I'm driving through town and I, I wanted to shoot you on your route. Can I come hang out? I was like, yeah, sure, no problem. And so that day that I sent the route, he went up the ropes to the anchor just to get a good, a cool angle. And wouldn't you know it, that he was there waiting at the anchor for me when I clipped the chains. I cried. It was years of energy, of blood, sweat, and tears poured into this thing. And I did it. It was my biggest accomplishment. Where the route stands in the world right now doesn't matter. But for me, I harnessed that deep desire to find my absolute. I even found flow state. There's a section of the route just before the chains, maybe 20 feet or so, that was so hard. I was so exhausted. I was on the route for 45 minutes. It's crazy. But I can't tell you what that section was like because I don't remember. I remember clipping the chains at the anchor. My friend with his camera freaking out. We were both screaming our brains out. But I can't tell you before that because it was so perfect. My mind, my physical body, man, we were dancing. And it was perfect. My absolute was in every part of that route. In fact, here's the cool thing. I remember at the halfway point where I kept falling, my feet slipped and I fell, but my arm hung on. And I remember the guy belaying me. He was saying, come on, man, it's no problem, regroup. Yes, key word, regroup. We talked about that. Our absolute doesn't have to be consistent, but what is consistent is our ability to bring it back. There can be good in the bad. Pause. Talk to yourself. I can still do this. Take back. Let the garbage out and keep moving. It doesn't have to be attached to winning. For me, in sports, in competition, often we attach ourselves to winning. We identify ourselves to winning. Our identity can be so stricken by such a narrow-minded perspective that we wrap our identity around the idea of holding a trophy to success. Success is that moment we can measure towards our absolute effort. If you can look at yourself in the mirror and say, I tried. 
I gave it everything I had. That's success. That's a champion. That is far greater than holding up a trophy. Yeah, winning comps, sure, it's amazing. It's always cool. But when you win a comp, it's like, well, now what? Well, I want to win another comp, another comp, another comp. And it's sort of this endless tunnel of whatever. But when we find ourselves in that moment of inner success, oh gosh, it's like we're on cloud nine. And that lasts forever. We're not always seeking bigger and better, bigger trophies, more money, whatever. Inner success is like, that's just the quintessential idea of what your absolute is, of what a true champion is. That's success. With less need for that external victory, there's less tension, less anxiety, less stress. We feel free, we feel confident. You know, we talked about me taking risks and the fear of failing in front of other people. My gosh, you know, when you, when you climb at a certain level, me being a climber, you're always, I'm always scared to climb in front of other people because sometimes you worry about them having this high level of expectations on you. But here's the, here's the little secret, they don't. If people measure you against what you do physically for me in the mountains, they're idiots. Because that's not how we're measured. But see, that was one of my biggest problems and still is, still battle it to this day is that worry of what people will think of me if I fall. What if I'm on an easy route and I slip and fall? What are they gonna think? Oh, I thought he was good. I thought he was better than that. I thought he was stronger than that. And I struggle with that. Because we often measure ourselves to that external success. As I work on myself day in and day out, trying to be better at letting the garbage out, ignoring the naysayers, resonating the will to be my absolute internally, it gives me the ability to let go of that fear, specifically speaking to how people measure me or how I think they do. Nine times out of 10, nobody cares. Nobody cares if you fall. If you're with the right people, nobody cares. They're having fun with you. They love you. They enjoy being around you. If it's the opposite, then maybe you shouldn't be around those people. But them aside, it's up to us to understand how to find that inner success, that inner confidence, that inner absolute, so that no matter what we do or how we perform, if we can accept that we gave it our best, then the rest is just noise. It doesn't matter. And that's where we find that confidence in ourselves because we had the courage to do our best. Now, again, I fall flat in my face all the time. Often, I come up short. But I sure as heck try to get back up and do it again. Whether it be through growing up and a family that was pretty broken to moving to BC on my own at 18 
you know, like going to college, partying with friends, trying to be a professional athlete, trying to be a business owner. This climbing gym, it didn't just happen. It was a dream that started many years ago that fell flat in its face hard at least three times. There was one time where we, myself and the other investors, we were literally driving to the bank to sign on the dotted line to get the money, a million and a half bucks to go for it. The bank, I had finally convinced them that this was a viable business. We were driving to the bank and one of the investors, he had to pull out for personal reasons. Minutes away from signing on the deal of a lifetime, it fell through. I cried that night. I wanted to give up. I thought it was going to be over. But here we are. You see, we get knocked down. Our absolute is crushed. We thought that was everything. I don't have anything else to give anymore. But we do. We're always capable of a bit more. It's tiring. It's hard. It's heavy. And yeah, sometimes it seems impossible. The unthinkable happens. I got word that my friend died. So I called home 20 minutes later to talk to my parents about it. And then they told me my brother died. Unthinkable. Awful. We get knocked down. We deal with grief. We deal with chaos. We deal with hurt. We deal with fear, anxiety, stress, all of it. Every day, this world is filled with it. COVID-19 has fractured this world. We deal with it. We have to. Now, we all deal with things differently. It's true. It's very separated right now in this world. It's scary. One person believes in COVID, the next person doesn't. We all have a right to our opinions. But no matter that, we're all capable of our absolute in that. And maybe that's where we find common ground. That we're still all capable. We may have difference of opinions, but it doesn't mean that that person or that person is less capable. You see, it's not just about being a professional athlete or being a husband or a dad or a business owner or whatever. We all have our things, but we can all practice being our absolute every day, every minute, every day. And that's what it takes. This world is heavy right now. Some, they haven't made it through. And so now we try harder for them. The weight is unbearable, or so it seems. And maybe our absolute looks like asking for help. I struggle with asking for help all the time. It's like, again, another hard thing for me. But people, they care. And they want to help. And, and letting go of our pride is part of being our absolute. Our absolute is the best that we can be in any realm. And that takes practice. You know, we talked about the small things. Start small, make your bed, drink your water every morning, rehydrate. My coaches tell me every morning, do your mobility work. Bam. 
it's my absolute to get there. But I know that if I give up my absolute in there, out of there, I'll find my inner success, which gives me the confidence to do the next thing, right? Start small. Mobility for me is big. <laughs> small, drink a glass of water. Great, got that done. Now have a quick stretch. Okay, bigger. Now spend a half an hour doing your mobility every day. It's progression, right? We get good at the small things, we progress to the bigger things. And that's for everything. For me as a professional athlete, to perform out on the world stage, I have to address all the things. There's a lot of things. Strength, mobility, mental toughness. To do those things, I have to have the confidence to do what it takes. That confidence doesn't just come. It takes from that unrelenting desire, that commitment to find my absolute, to be my best. And to be my best doesn't just happen with competing or training. It starts with daily life. Take the garbage out, sweep the floor. Those things count. That's effort. That's your mind being on point with what needs to get done. Finish those things. I struggle with finishing. Start finishing things. It gives you that ability to finish other things. If you can't finish this, you're not going to finish that. In competitions, when we do our, re our route preview, we look at the route before we actually compete. My coach always said, you have to look at that last hold. Often competitors, they'll rush up to the first hold, they'll feel it, and they'll look a little bit, oh yeah, okay, 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 good, done. Most don't look at the last hold. I, so many years, didn't look at that last hold. You know what that does to you? You're telling yourself you're not going to get there. It's not worth looking at. If you can't finish certain things, it's going to take away the ability to finish other things that might be bigger or of the same nature. For me, I had to purposely look up and look at that last hold and take the moment to study it and tell myself, I have what it takes to get there. We talked about, even if you don't, you have to tell yourself. If you don't tell yourself, your performance output is going to be less than your absolute. You're going to get there. Convince yourself of it. Right? Convince yourself that you're a camel. And you'll be a camel. Convince yourself that you're capable and you'll be capable. You may not get it. You may fall flat in your face. You may screw up, whatever. But you could screw up or fall flat in your face knowing that you gave it everything. And that's your absolute, that's your success. That gives you the ability to get back up. You can get knocked down over and over and over again. But if you have the confidence in yourself that you are capable, you will get back up. Now this is just all from me and what I've experienced. We're all different. We've all gone through things that are different. But I know that we have common ground here. Whether through business, family, um, sports, daily life, everything, we all have common ground. 
we all have the ability to reach our absolute.